0: Today we are joined by four podcasters who will be talking about movie podcasting, and you'll learn a lot about the movie podcast that we have in Edmonton. Um, Northwest Fest runs until May 14th. We do have programs at the front with our volunteers, so please check it out. And, yeah, please enjoy this lunch pod.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: Hello, everyone,
1: (laughs) all of you. Thank you very much for coming to uh, to this event, Northwest Fest. Uh, I'm Paul Matwichuk. I'm going to be uh, running the panel Uh, I am the co-host with uh, Aaron of a podcast called uh, Trash Art in the Movies, and why don't I just start by having each of you uh, introduce yourselves in turn. So to my left,
2: we have... Uh, My name is JP Fournier, I am on a podcast called The Movie Jerks.
0: My name is Aaron E. Fraser, and I do two film podcasts, uh, Trash Art in the Movies with Paul Matwichuk and Bollywood is for Lovers with this guy.
3: And I'm Matt Bowes, and I do Baldy is for lovers with uh, Aaron. And Trash Art the Movies is is uh, recorded in
1: my house. (laughs) (laughs) And let me see, I have been on both of your podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else is there? More the incestuous world of Edmonton movie podcasting? Have there been now? Aaron is. Have you been on the Movie Jerks, Matt? Uh, Twice. Twice. Okay. Well. So it's all the same sprawling <laughs> octopus of a podcast. But, uh, and the for movie
0: the... jerks were on our very popular episode about the JISM series yeah. in our this Bollywood podcast.
1: Yeah. I, I wondered how long it would be before <laughs> one of us said jism And uh, the answer is like three minutes. Um,
0: it's the... not a dirty word in Hindi.
1: <laughs> um why don't I uh, start for those of you who haven't uh, heard any of our podcasts or why don't, I guess we can start by just sort of describing uh the premises and kind of how we got into uh podcasting. Um Aaron since you are you are you can represent Trash Art in the movies for this go around of questions. So, uh the Movie jerks. The Movie Jerks has been around for how many years?
2: Uh we're at 6 years now, going oh, on fun. 7. Wow. Which yeah, that's pretty shocking. That's that's amazing. And the premise broadly stated is? Well, the premise is that we like. Uh, this is you and your co host, Sean uh, Me and Sean my co host, Sean Graymiak. We, uh, we're stand up comedians who realize that we get banned from a lot of movie choices when it comes to our friends. So, what we decided to do is to. You get banned because you have terrible taste or no, it's just weird not a taste? Weird taste is, I guess, what it is. Uh, we, we like making people watch movies that get them riled up. And so, what we started doing is asking uh, local celebrities to come on our show and mm-hmm. tell us what movie they hate and then we'll pick a movie for them to watch which is usually worse in the same uh-huh. genre so it's uh, it's kind of a mitch match
1: it's like a cruel exercise it is, yeah. in miserable movie watching <laughs> yeah. experiences. But we are watch... they are they
2: now are you pick, are you specifically picking
1: like terrible movies or like no, just extreme something... unpleasant movies or No, uh... something
2: that someone is passionate about. Ah, okay. Uh, so like we'll ask someone what movie they uh hate or what movie do they love but everyone hates. Okay. Uh so they come to bat trying to explain why they hate this film or why they love it but they don't understand why everyone hates it.
1: Okay. No. All right. Uh, trash Art in the Movies, Erin. What what do we do on our show?
0: Well, as I explained at the top of every episode, we are the podcast that pits eyebrow cinema against brainless entertainment and then declares a victor. Uh, we started Trash Art in the Movies... About six years ago, I think.
1: Oh, we're on episode two hundred and twenty something,
0: I think, or is it more? It's about that.
1: We we haven't stuck to a strictly (laughs) (laughs) uh, week in week out schedule. It started. We I used to do a podcast called DVD Afternoon, which was about kind of the off the beaten path DVD releases of the week, and that kind of ran its course. And so we reinvented it with this. Uh, with this new premise that was that was sort of aimed at talking about older titles, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, from time to time we do, we do an episode on a new release. We did an episode on Scarlett Johansson's Ghost in the Shell paired with uh, Lost in Translation. Um, but I, if, if I remember correctly, um, our impetus and our idea around doing the show was that our interest in film is not regulated to. Um, any specific mode, you know, we're not just interested in prestige cinema, we're not just interested in popular entertainment, we're interested in everything. And there weren't a lot of podcasts out there at the time that were covering um, older titles and both kind of popular films and prestige stuff. And so we thought this was a great way to kind of explore everything out there that we possibly Mm -hmm. could.
1: Yeah, and it's sort of like we try and have two films, one mm-hmm. arty, one trashy that have something in common. Sometimes it's an actor, sometimes it's a director, sometimes it's a a premise, and we kind of uh you know, the it's really just sort of a close line to talk about, you know, discussions of interesting movies, but ostensibly we're trying to mm-hmm. declare who wore it best, who who handled this uh the best. And I I I am never happier than when it's the the trashy version yeah. of the premise that prevails, I think. Like, so the, some of my favorites are like uh, when we did um, Never Let Me Go and The Island, mm-hmm. which are two movies about um, clones being raised as like you know living organ banks for uh, rich people. One of them based on a prestigious Kazuo Ishiguro novel yeah. with um, oh, who's in that? Kerry Knightley and. Uh, What's her name? Carrie Mulligan. Mm -hmm. And the other one is a Michael Bay movie (laughs) with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. And it is kind of amazing to see how both of those movies actually kind of have the same plot points and the same thing. And I kind of wound up liking the island better. We Uh, never
3: watched uh, Parts the Clonus Horror, which is the one that the island supposedly (laughs) ripped off, too.
1: Right, right. Uh, We we left that one off the the table. But um, Bollywood is for Lovers uh, is the other podcast that's represented here. Tell us about Bollywood is for Lovers.
3: Well, Aaron and I started Bollywood is for Lovers about a year and a half ago. And uh, the idea behind our show is to try and get... uh, Um, Western film fans, Western film podcast fans, a foothold with which to enjoy Bollywood movies because they are extremely populist and easy to find in uh, major uh, metropolitan areas. They're in theaters all the time, but no one really reviews them in Western media. Um, At the time, there weren't really any English-language Bollywood podcasts to speak of. There was Bollycast, which came before us, but apart from that... um, there weren't really very many, but they the it has kind of exploded since. There's probably seven or eight new ones that have uh, started uh, since we started as well. But uh, yeah, and we've also found that uh, people in Pakistan and India and all the other places that Bollywood is popular have uh, taken to the show as well. So it kind of bridges the gap between Western film criticism and then also just appreciation of uh, movies from India. And, um, yeah, and they, the various film markets over there that enjoy them.
1: Yeah. I remember I, I used to um, uh, be an editor at the Alt weeklies in town at View and C, and I uh, would have to write the synopses of the new films that are opening on the weekend whenever there would be a Bollywood movie. I remember being really struck by how difficult it was, even on that simple level of trying to find, like, oh, what's the plot of this movie? Just so I could do, like, a one-line... Uh, plot synopsis. It really felt amazing to me that there was such a dearth of, like, you know, of, of reviews and information that's not kind of, you know, fan-oriented or you know, like, uh, about one of the largest film industries uh, in the world.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. The production schedule for Bollywood films is kind of accelerated compared to what we get with Hollywood movies. Um, for instance you'll get a trailer for a movie and then maybe 2 months later it's out and you would have heard about it maybe 2 months before that whereas with the hollywood films you'll hear about something in production 2 years then there'll be a trailer a year before it comes yeah. out then a million trailers right before it comes out and you feel kind of saturated by the time you actually watch the movie there's like eight character posters
1: in the the you know in the cineplex
3: yeah whereas bollywood movies they um they come fast and fierce and it is a little bit difficult to uh, learn what they're about sometimes. Um, this partially because of piracy issues. Uh, the films don't get sent out early because um, it's, a big, it's a big problem in uh, Bollywood cinema. So uh, they're a little bit hard to get a hold of. And yeah, but uh, digital distribution has really helped out Bollywood cinema far more than any other national cinema, I would say, because... Now you're not waiting for a ratty thirty five millimeter print to come across the
1: country you're getting
3: something day and date the time it comes out of mumbai yep.
1: um, now, I think all of us have, you know we we, we we will review new releases on occasion, but for the most part uh, i think that, i to like our conversations tend to be about uh older titles you know thirty years old fifty years old uh is that, I, I, is that, like, a new frontier in, uh, in, in podcasting? Is there something, like, why, why set out uh, to review movies that basically everyone has stopped talking about?
2: Well, for starting, it, there's spoiler alerts. Yeah. People don't want to get a new, spo- a new movie spoiled for them. Like, I'll be honest, like, the episodes I don't listen to, Trash Harden movies, are the ones I haven't watched. Uh-huh. But, like, I'll watch a movie because you guys are doing it. So, but uh, I'll avoid that episode until I've seen the film. Hmm. Uh, and also, like uh, I guess we're not we're not uh, I guess against doing new films. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, we've actually gone to M Night Shyamalan's new ones just because we know people <laughs> are going to hate them right off the start. So oh, the twist! People like That's, them. They they <laughs> like the, the last couple. Last two were great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I think it's partly because there's things to say about them. There's a lot of podcasts covering new releases. There's obviously a lot written about new releases. Everyone's always kind of in that mode and in that milieu. And, you know, people are saying a lot of things about them, but they're all kind of saying usually the same thing. You know, there's kind of like a critical consensus. People are Um, into
3: these Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs)
0: But by going back to older titles, you can kind of dig stuff up stuff up and say something new about a film. You can re-evaluate a film. And movies don't exist um, just in the here and now. You know, there's over a hundred years worth of film history, and that history informs um, what's, what's in theatres now, what's coming to theatres, and so it's worthwhile to, um, to go back and, and revisit those things.
2: Well, there's also a lot of podcasts that are just out for the money. So, what's happening is that when they're doing the new films, they're actually being told here's the points you've got to talk about with this new film, and here's your little package that we've sent you so you can enjoy this new film of ours. Right. And so, a lot of people are avoiding listening to those new ones because you're hearing the exact same points being brought up of all films, whereas we're movie fans. How do I and- get into some of this? <laughs> uh,
0: <That's- laughs> the, I was the, unaware this- there was money to be yeah, made. Are to you
3: do you have an email for the payola guy? Are you, you guys don't know about this? <laughs> Please send us along <laughs> some uh, information.
2: No, but we're movie fans. Like, we're doing it because we want to talk about movies. We don't want to say what they want us to say about movies. Yeah. Uh, I, I get a lot of guff and a lot of hate mail for some of the things I've said. Uh, just recently, I was uh, very upfront about uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. And I basically said... that I did movie- not
1: care for Hacksaw Ridge.
2: Good, thank you. I, I actually said... Uh, I thought that the movie showed them as simpletons, which I guess got very, people very upset... And also, I said that uh, I found it very disgusting, like uh, the mentality of it. Mm. Um, they show uh, a Japanese guy is committing Harry Carey while this glorious music is going on, and I felt really gross. I said this is a really disgusting film, and then people came after me as if I was attacking religion. And so I had all this hate mail come at me because I, I'm being opinionated and expressing my own opinions. So it's it's nice knowing that we get listeners. I are, are you surprised by that? I mean, the name of your podcast is <laughs> it's the Movie Jerks. The I Movie know. Jerks. <laughs> So presumably,
1: people hitting the subscribe button on on your show are, should, you would think, be expecting, you know, like, button-pushing
2: reviews. You think so. You you think you would. Um, Like, we actually, when, we get approached by CTV to come on and do movie reviews for them. And when it is, it's usually when, it's something like Fifty Shades of Grey. And they're like, well, who can talk about Fifty Shades of Grey the way we want them to? Oh, these guys are called the movie chirks. Let's bring them in. They want you so, for the, the hit job. The, the lamb basting, yeah. I, uh, I,
1: I remember I, I was very influenced, I guess, by there's a, there's a movie blog called uh, Mr. Peel's Sardine Liqueur, which is a title I don't, I don't really understand. But he writes <laughs> these very kind of long, thoughtful, often very personal reviews of movies. You know, principally from, like, the 70s and 80s and 90s, movies that have been around for a while. And I re- I remember really being struck by how when you are, <clears throat> you know, kind of out of that review cycle, right? You're no longer, like, a review of a new movie basically boils down to, like, thumbs up, thumbs down, you know? Yeah. And there are some reviews that are more nuanced than that. But yeah. still, you're kind of in this mode of, like, oh, should people go out and see that movie that weekend? I always found, like, when you go back, like, you know, 30 years, it's, you can kind of talk about more stuff, more sort of interesting details. It's kind of um well, place a in the zeitgeist. And you can kind of like somehow you're more forgiving of a movie, even just so that even like a movie that maybe when it came out would be just, you know, a two, two and a half star movie, it still can be interesting to talk about. Just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, where it falls in this actor's career. Or, oh, this is a plot turn that you probably wouldn't see in a movie nowadays, or uh, it just—it just feels it kind of frees you up to talk about the kind of texture of a movie, the stuff that if you're a movie fan is kind of more interesting than how many stars it gets. I don't know if you found—if uh, um, you found that to be the case. Uh, uh.
2: Yeah, no, I think it is because there's a lot of history that develops from films, mm-hmm. so we actually have more information that we can talk about the older films. Yeah. So maybe it's just a case where I'm just not that. I, maybe I'm lazy, and I just I, there's information out there, and I don't have to seek it out as yeah. as much. Well, that's
1: I mean, how much uh, research do you put into these episodes? I'm always struck by like it, it's it seems like with Bollywood is for lovers, for instance. Like this is uh, a podcast that has you know is, is fraught with potential issues. Here's a you know it's it's a it's a national film culture that you don't belong to. You're kind of outsiders to a lot of cultural signifiers and. I'm always impressed that you 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 know you've you're kind of aware of where you are situated compared to uh, that industry and you seem to have really done a lot of work not just about the history of Hollywood and who the main stars are but about the historical context and the contemporary context that a lot of these movies are operating and you feel like an extra level of mm-hmm. responsibility when you're talking about these movies?
0: Yeah, Matt and I did about six months worth of research before we actually launched the podcast where we read books on the history of Indian cinema and on Bollywood um, and watched as many movies as we could to get a foothold in order to do this podcast. And I mean, some episodes take more research than others because there's some uh, directors and genres and actors that we're more familiar with and some that we're not. Anytime we dig back into anything from the 50s or the 60s, so we recently did an episode on Mughal which is one of the biggest films ever released anywhere in the world. It's essentially the equivalent to uh, Gone with the Wind in the Bollywood film industry. That took a lot of research and I was really nervous about it because this is a movie beloved by billions of people and you don't want to get it wrong. You don't want to say anything offensive um, or anything that you don't realize could be offensive to another culture. So we, we work really hard at that. That being said, our listeners are really, really encouraging. And when we have gotten things wrong, they've pointed it out to us, but in a really positive way, the only thing they ever criticize us for is our pronunciation of names. <laughs> we're,
3: we're getting better at that. But it, it is important when it's a uh, culture that, again, we are not part of, that we try to approach it on its own terms rather than uh, administering our um, perceptions of what a movie should be and what sort of characters are allowed in movies. You have to understand where they're coming from and how their uh, film culture developed and, you know, not just be weirded out by something
1: that uh, seems off to you. Well, I'm sure it helps because, I mean, the two of you, it's easy to kind of think that maybe, you know, a pair of white people writing about talking about Bollywood would be, it's easy for it to come to a place of, these movies are wacky, look yeah. at these crazy, you know, foreign movies. But, I mean, you are very earnest and... Yeah. Sincere in your love of this, of, of, of this genre.
0: Sometimes we really have to explain to people, we genuinely like these movies. <laughs> That's why we're doing this show. We genuinely like these movies.
3: We, uh, we like a lot of the, the popcorn films that come out in India that <clears throat> people over there who are film scholars themselves think are disposable trash. And we appreciate them as being populist entertainment. And some people say, like, how how could you like that? The Doom series, for instance, and I like them in the same way as I like the Fast and the Furious films. They're they're really well made.
1: Yeah, possi- tell tell people about the Doom series. Sure.
3: <laughs> well, the Doom series is, is the that, Fast
1: and the Furious of India. Are these these are on Netflix, right? D H O O M, I think.
3: Yeah, D H O O M. I believe all three of them are on Netflix. The, oh, really? the first one might not be, but uh, they are. <clears throat> um, To be fair,
0: the second one is where it's at.
3: Yeah, the second one and the third one are the best ones. The first one's kind of skippable, but they are to, uh, you know, where Fast and the Furious uses cars to uh, explore the ideas of masculinity and family and nationality, even in the last one, Uh, Doom uses motorcycles and um, Indian super cops as a way to (laughs) explore, I don't know, whatever it is that they're exploring. Um, (laughs) uh, they, They do go a little bit nuts, but you also... Um, you can see how they're reflecting off of trends in Indian cinema and even in uh, Hollywood cinema. For instance, Doom 3 is very influenced by uh, The Dark Knight, so much so that it, it takes place in Chicago, uses a bunch of uh, shots from The Dark Knight. And, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's interesting to see the conversation between film cultures that way. And, you know, what may seem like brainless popcorn entertainment is in concert with what's going on in society. It, it didn't just come out of the ether. It It is trying to say something, even if it is just trying to have a good time.
0: I think that's the other thing about looking back at older titles, is it, it when you look at it with fresh eyes, you kind of see things that you didn't in the moment, and you understand how things are a product of their time. And while some films may feel timeless, um, they're still kind of about when they're made, and that's really kind of interesting to interrogate and to revisit.
1: I, I like that accidental documentary quality of yeah. so many movies that uh, just just seeing the streets of New York from, you know, yeah. 1982 is, 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 a, is a treat. Well, it's always interesting when you
3: guys do a film from the 70s and people um, nowadays are complaining, oh, movies are so explicit and movies are so violent. No one's got anything on the 70s. Oh, they, no. they really did not care and would go all out on things that now people would be clutching their pearls
1: like crazy. I, just a couple weeks ago, we did uh, Ken Russell's The Devils, <laughs> yeah. which I'm sure is a, yeah, a movie it. jerk's <laughs> favorite.
3: Can you imagine uh, Warner Brothers putting that out
1: now? That was put out. Uh, I'm kind of repeating what um, someone on Film Spotting you said, about, but it is this was a movie that was put out by Warner Brothers, by, not like some boutique. Uh, you know, subdivision of horror. This is a movie that's put out by Warner Brothers Studios. It's Jack Warner's company. And it is uh it is blasphemous, it has nun orgies, it has uh you know violence. Uh um it is a it is a wild movie that n- like no studio would come anywhere near that movie nowadays. And it's uh I mean there are plenty of other uh, movies from that era, this kind of really amazing explosion of explicit content that uh, I think we've never seen the like of it uh, since.
0: Yeah, everyone's all up in arms about how edgy Deadpool is. And I'm like, that's got <laughs> nothing on Hollywood in the 70s. But they weren't making money, so they could do what they wanted. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any kind of like a... I don't know if, you, if, if there's like a mission statement that you have with your show. I don't know if you have like kind of... Rules, either informal or formal that you've kind of set for yourself of what you're trying to accomplish with your show or just, I don't know, ticks of movie reviewing that you try and uh, avoid uh, when you're talking? Uh, Do you have, like, a sense of an audience that you're trying to reach or a way of talking about movies that... you're trying to stick up for? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Yeah, <laughs> no,
2: that's a, a, a difficult one for us to do because uh, the whole reason we started doing it was to hang out with the, the, our stand-up comedian friends that are traveling. Like, this was an excuse for us to get together and have something to talk about. And it still helps sort of promote their shows. And then it just expanded on to all, just meeting all people from all arts coming into our, my, my, my living room. Um, like, our, is there I guess, a
1: balance that you have to, I don't know if you think about this when you're talking between, like, hanging out with your friends and, you know, making each other laugh or whatever and thinking about, like, the audience who's listening to it at the same time? Yeah,
2: like, there's been, I've edited a few times where we've gotten off the rails where the conversation's something personal with personal jokes where that's not going to make any interest. Like, yeah, yeah, people are going to avoid that. Um, But we've gotten off the top. uh, There's movies that are so bad, we just got off the topic. And when I'm with a comedian that can just sort of just automatically be funny but for everyone we actually we listen to it just seeing as an, someone outside are they going to enjoy this conversation so we do look at it and think of that while we're doing it um and often we have to usually go get back on track and we we'll say oh right here let's get back to the film that we're talking about so we try to keep a conscious mind of it uh it's not too difficult though because once you get passionate people about a certain film they stick with that subject matter so we've we haven't had too much work on it.
1: What, what would be an example of like a, I don't know, an especially heated fight that you've oh, had about a movie? Well, actually,
2: yeah. Gramiak and I got one. Uh, we actually, it was a bait and switch episode where we said we we're going to be talking about the, the Twilight films, uh, which wasn't true at all because we never saw them and get, really gave a shit about it. Um, well, what we did was we actually watched a documentary where both of us, I thought it was exploitative. And he actually thought it was good to be exploitative about the subject matter. And the two of us just got into a heated argument. And we got into a heated argument in public. We're like, we got to take this on to the podcast. <laughs> and so that's what we did. And we ended up getting really irate, and, I, and we, we allowed that to be recorded. Uh, so in that case, yeah, we'll go, we'll go far, I guess, when it comes to the topic matter. But What movie was it? <laughs> For the life of me, I can't even remember the title. That's i I'll, I'll look it up in our our thing and tell you afterwards it was it's a it, it was a re-reenactment of a crime that happened in uh like it was a murder of a a, a female and it was basically someone going out and did some shootings and it's how that sort of the small town was getting a, 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 i gotta find out from Gramiac. i just found it really gross because they did a re-reactment of it like they recreated it and then they went back to these people who were trying to get out of it and trying to live on with their lives after this horrible crime and they were they weren't going in for for the information as much as they were just saying how back then how did it feel like and they're trying to get them back into that spot so they can get these people to cry on camera i just thought it was gross like it just felt yeah i oh i can't remember the title i i think i hated it that much i put it out of my memory that's how
1: uh, i don't do you ever think about to what extent do you think about our our listeners while we're Talking about movies.
0: Um, With Treasure and the movies, I hate to say it, but I'm a bit selfish. (laughs) Um, I do this project for myself and, and to talk about movies with you every week, Paul. And I really enjoy that. And I am going to pursue the films and the topics that I'm interested in and and that's kind of what we do we watch what we want to watch and we talk about what we want to watch and while i'm aware that there is an audience and i'm very appreciative of that audience the other day on the internet someone said that i was the film critic that they felt they aligned with the most and i was just like oh wow cuz my taste is all over the place and it's 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 me um but
1: i feel like i do sometimes like when we're trying to think of pairings, I do sometimes yeah. shoot down your suggestions because I think <laughs> they're too well, because I think not because I think there's anything wrong with them, but I think that they're just that they're too obscure that people right. would have seen them. So I think, you know, maybe of these three podcasts here, we probably do the most like well known movies. Right. Um, we want
0: the show to be accessible. Yeah. Um and, and I certainly care about our audience and um, at the top of the show, we talk about new releases, things that we've been watching recently, and we do that because we've been asked, because people are interested in those opinions. And so, usually, I try and talk about the highest profile films that I've seen recently. Um, but when it comes to kind of uh, the meat of the episode, our pairings, I think it really is just like what float our boat, what was floating our boat the week before that we felt like talking about. Yeah. Um, and I, I do kind of see it as a platform to really just kind of. Get across my own opinion about cinema and have a good time with my friend.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, JP? Do you, do you think about your, do you make sort of a conscious effort to For I don't cultivate an audience
2: or yeah. have do they affect the uh, not content of the states? But uh, they actually do affect it because we do the grand majority of our listeners are from the states. Uh, we did see that it's it's way over at eighty percent our states listeners, so that's great that we know that. But we have so many local people coming on talking about local. And they're like, when I was on White Avenue, we're like in Edmonton. We have to sort of keep on allowing people to know that. Hey, look, this is outside of yeah. the yeah our little air bubble, I guess. Um, but yeah, so like. Uh, I, we do somewhat get... We, we started actually changing our episodes where we're doing more popular films. But what we were noticing is that was, the episodes that get downloaded more are the ones that we're doing more obscure films. So now what we'll do is we'll do a popular film, but usually try to pair it up with something that's obscure. Um, like we just did recently... Like, I wouldn't say it's obscure, but a lot of people didn't know about Victoria. The oh, film that's yeah. done in one shot. Yeah, yeah. Victoria, that's a good yeah, movie. Yeah, so like we, that. Can, we put that against uh, Boyhood, which was filmed over, like, 12 years. <laughs> okay. of So the longest filming film and plus the shortest film. <laughs> that's pretty good. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> um, but we wanted and people were emailing us more about Victoria, even though the two other, the guests, like, Gramiak and the other guests didn't care for it. They thought it was too long. They appreciated it, but they thought it expanded too long, whereas I, I couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was amazing. But, uh, yeah, that's we had, a great
0: film. Yeah, I think so yeah. too.
2: Yeah, but uh, we had more people asking us about that because not many people have talked about that in podcasts. So when people are looking up a particular film, they're going to find us. So the more obscure ones are starting to help us out get more. Yeah, yeah. More. Are you? Do you keep
1: like close tabs on your download statistics? And are you? I yeah. do now.
2: Yeah. Uh, we really screwed it up ourselves uh, in the past. Like just recently, uh, first off, I had. Uh, I don't know if you guys laughed at me. There was a ton of people that laughed at me. I I used to get uh, all the emails for the movie jerks would be transferred over to my email address and I would just uh, take care of it from there. But something happened to that link, so for two years, <laughs> all these people were emailing the movie jerks. Two and years. I w- <laughs> two years. Yeah. Oh, man. Over, I think it was fifty thousand emails. Matt, and like, you
0: yell at me when I want to take a couple days to respond to someone who has messaged us on Facebook.
2: Oh, it was <laughs> yell at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I showed people the list of them, and most of it was junk mail. A lot, but uh, there were so many people that contacted us during that time that I did not respond to. So now I'm keeping an eye on that to make sure. Uh, during also, what happened was we were using a, a free domain space. That was not only allowing us a certain space, and the, with the traffic that we were getting, that free domain got really angry with us and just dumped us. Ah. So we had to change our, our domain space, and that's actually, I was, Karen actually I was just telling her before, uh, some people are still uh, subscribed to the old one, which we're trying to wait for, it to, for iTunes to let it, yeah, just to disappear. But the new, we have a new one up there, so we have a new brand of, yeah, episodes being released on a different location.
1: Are people interested in technical issues of podcasting? I don't know if there are people. Okay, <laughs> Sorry, <all right>. everyone. <laughs> uh, what, what, is there advice that you would give to people who are starting up a podcast, things that you know now that you wish you knew then?
0: Turn on the mic and make sure you are on a sturdy chair.
3: Yeah. For an episode with uh, Juliet Franklin in the audience uh, this afternoon... Uh, not only did I screw up the mic in two different ways, I also broke a chair and fell. Uh,
2: <laughs> so We had the same thing, but that worked for our benefit because Gramiak laughed so hard the chair broke, and you actually hear it in the episode just crack like a big tree. It's so great. Yeah, so a
3: sturdy chair is uh, probably one of the most important things you need for a podcast. That and a microphone. And
0: um, Ed- edit. Edit your podcast. Yes, yes, editing is
3: very important. Uh, we accidentally... Um, picked the wrong location for a film when we were talking about it, and we went into milliseconds of cutting out the, the location that we thought it was because that was definitely not where that movie took place and people would have noticed.
0: But even... So
1: you were, like, dubbing in, like, the correct <laughs>
0: luckily, location? We... Was it,
1: was it like, like, Krusty the Clown's video <laughs> at Camp Krusty? No. Luckily, we Mr. were... Mr.
3: We, <laughs> luckily, we were speaking about the place in such a way as taking out every single uh, utterance of the country didn't actually matter?
0: It's it's shockingly seamless.
3: Yeah. That, um, that's the best editing job I've ever done and no one will ever know.
0: But even when you're not editing to correct an error, just edit your podcast because taking out you know the occasional cough or the ums or the tangents that really just go off um, and are off topic, I think make the difference between kind of, you know, a conversation you're having with your friends and a podcast that you're putting out there for an audience to be consumed?
1: I've I've gotten worse about editing. The, the, I really used to... I'm aware. I really used to go in and take out all the ums and uh, uh, and I just don't have the time to we, yeah. do as much of a... Scrub. On the we actually get that compliments
2: that we don't do that. Oh, they cool. actually like it that it feels like, like a real a, it feels like a real like a real conversation. Um, we will there's been a couple times where we've had it edit out uh, when comedians talk about sleeping with certain other comedians. We're like, Okay, let's uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll take out the things that we may get sued for. So but uh, other than that people like like they like that conversation and we're also it's very hard for us because we're comedians that we don't stop talking. So editing uh-huh. is really difficult for our
1: Well, this is, I mean, we're in kind of a a liminal space between, are are we professionals or are we passionate amateurs when it comes to reviewing? Like, how do you think of yourselves?
0: I think of myself as a film critic, but I don't think of myself as a professional film critic, because to be professional, you have to be getting paid. And I don't get paid for podcasting, I do it because... I enjoy it because I have a passion for All film. All the money
1: keeps stays in my <laughs> pockets.
0: Um but but I do think of myself as a film critic. I watch hundreds of movies every year and I provide my my feedback on them. I I, I critique yeah. them. And so I think both the shows I do, like that's that's a that's a big output and I, I do think I am a critic. But not a professional because yeah. you can't call yourself a professional unless you're getting paid. <laughs>
3: Well intentioned amateur is what I like to say about myself.
0: <laughs> I used to, especially think- when it comes to to Bollywood, because we are aware that um, we are not a part of the you know of of the Indian community. You know, we we are outsiders, um, and so we certainly have well, in, you know, good intentions. But um, you know, we are somewhat amateurish there for sure.
3: And our audience is just. You know, excited that we're talking about them, honestly, yeah. especially when it comes to older films, because I feel that Bollywood really respects its older uh, movies a lot more than Hollywood, yeah. like you guys were saying, something from the '70s and 80's might just be forgotten, and it's unearthed by you on your show. But every time we do an older Bollywood film, you have people coming in saying how much they like that they like, they like that actor, they like that uh, that uh, genre of the time. And I think they they really um, are passionate about the older films, and that's something I really, really like about Bollywood. So we try to uh, give everything the respect it deserves.
0: And those are our highest downloads. Whenever we go back to a classic, you know, they get much... They get a lot more attention than when we're talking about um, new films, which kind of surprised us at Mm -hmm. first.
1: Oh, you were going to uh, say something, Jane?
2: Yeah, like I, I used to think that I was more of an avid hobbyist. Uh, But I I have to actually look at it as a professional criticism because um, even though I'm not living off the the criticism, we are getting hired to be on TV and to deliver awards at award shows as the movie jerks. So we have to actually put up that front of saying, uh, yeah, we are professional critics. Um, The fact that we're actually getting movies sent to us from like movie studios now saying, can you please do these things? And without the like sort of the little side package of please, wink, wink, say these certain things about our film. Uh, But we're still getting, we're movies in the mail that are being sent to us from films. We're getting sent to film uh, festivals. Um, I have to actually look at it now at that point as saying, yes, I am a a critic.
1: Can you make or break a film?
2: Well, (laughs) I don't think I can, but I can certainly, um, we actually had a, when I started thinking this matter was like I used to work with the, the Women's Coalition of Health and I was giving out some speeches and stuff with that. And I watched a movie called Cake with Jennifer Aniston. And that was advertised as a movie was being the first film to, to show chronic illness in a patient. And so all these people, it was advertised on health websites saying this is the first one to take your story but it wasn't. It was actually a plot device for a cheaper story. And I actually wrote a breakdown explaining how this is an awful film and what it actually is doing it. And my, my blog about that was sent over just throughout... It's still being downloaded about 1,000 times a week. It gets unreal how much that is being sent. And I've had people send me like, uh, arguments who I found out are from that actually film. And they're saying, no, 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 this is what we meant to do. I go, yeah, but this is what the film did. And so I have to actually look at it and saying, "Yeah, my opinion does count now, so I, I do see a big result when I actually do criticize a film so
0: I think to to have a successful podcast and certainly to have a consistent one, you do kind of have to approach it like a job, yeah, <laughs> you know, regardless of whether or not you're living off of it, you know if you're going to put out an episode every week, week and a half, or every two weeks." Do the research it takes, watch in our case the films that we need to watch, do the editing, post it, do the promotion, and then start all that all over again. It can feel like I frequently say I have a second job that I don't get paid for. And I'm happy to do it, but it it takes a lot of work. And so, you know, you do have to, to take things seriously, you know, if you want to have a consistent quality podcast.
3: Yeah, not coming out on time or within the time frame you've allotted yourself can kill your podcast. Because if your audience doesn't know when you're going to pop up, then why would they pay attention to you?
0: That being said, um, you know, sometimes when I beat myself up about being late or not having enough time or whatever, you know, my friends do remind me that I do this for free and I put this out for free. And so, you know, to find a balance.
2: We get hate emails when something comes out late. Wow. saying well, we were expecting an you episode you have much more t-
1: passionate <laughs> followers than uh, than i do certainly well, I, one of the my people p- are perfectly fine if i'm a few we days were late.
2: laughing at it, one of the latest ones like the hate emails i got for the the hacksaw ridge one where it said that uh, they go we think that you're very condescending we hope that the lord finds your way and guides you through this and it was really just t- t- take an attack on me and then at the very end p.s we still love your podcast and we're going to be listening every week was like oh <laughs> Oh, I guess that's nice. So
0: We recently got hate mail for doing an episode on um, the the Krish series, which is uh, Bollywood's uh, biggest superhero franchise. But again, it was like, you know, why are you wasting your time doing this? But I love you guys, and I look yeah. forward to when a new episode <laughs> drops. But guess, can you please talk about these other things? Yeah. And here's a list of movies.
3: Like I, I guess a lot of our audience uh, in India and Pakistan are thinking like, why are they wasting their time with 100 years of our film history by watching uh, Hrithik Roshan Punch-A-Guy um, when you could be watching <laughs> um, you know, the greatest Amita film? Amitabh Bachchan yeah, Punch-A-Guy. <laughs> yeah, you could be watching Amitabh Bachchan Punch-A-Guy. You could be watching Amir Khan Punch-A-Guy. But like, imagine if someone had never heard of Hollywood cinema and you're a cinephile and you know, they're just sitting around watching Nicholas Sparks adaptations and not watching Citizen Kane or Casablanca. You might feel a little bit passionate about it as well.
1: Um, Where do you think, is is podcasting, I don't know, a new frontier of film review? I think the entertainment sections and newspapers in general are kind of dwindling. Uh, I remember when I was at the All Weeklies, and this was a while ago, I thought, like, it has been a long time. Like, all of the most vital film writing that I was seeing was being done on blogs by people who weren't getting paid for it, but who just seemed much more knowledgeable and funny and, you know, insightful than anything I was getting uh, in a daily paper, and the blogging thing seems to have faded a little bit. But you know, a thousand flowers are blooming in uh, the podcast world. I guess I'm I, this is a this is I'm throwing out kind of a general question. But uh, where where do you see is this where film criticism is is going? These more kind of discursive, personal mm-hmm. takes on movies, or help me out here? Eric. Yeah,
0: I think so because. Um... Podcasting, you can develop a, a personal relationship with um, the host and with the critics. You know, it almost seems like the extension of um, Ebert and, um, and Siskel's at the movies, you know? Like, you, you can get personalities bouncing off one another, and you can really kind of, when you hear people talk about film, you can get to know them a bit better, I think, than, than sometimes reading criticism, especially criticism in um, a paper that has a certain mandate. So I think it is kind of... Um, it, it's encouraging a lot of personal connection, both with the critics you follow, but also with film itself, because you can you can say a lot more in an hour-long podcast than you can in a 500-word review. You can get a lot more passionate in certain ways, um, or you can get a lot more angry in certain ways. And so I think it is kind of changing... The landscape of uh, film criticism, but I think it is also kind of on a on a continuum. You know, of kind of you know, <laughs> cahita cinema to written criticism to kind of TV critics, and now we're seeing seeing podcasts.
3: Well, we're also moving away from generalists in every industry everywhere. Um, it everything is so big now that someone can't be um, called upon to just be an expert on every single movie, for instance. So if you're the voice of reason at a big a newspaper you're stuck between reviewing things that people are interested in and reviewing everything and i think that that's one of the reasons why we started bollywood is for lovers is the lack of uh, western media criticism of bollywood films but the more i think about it the the amount of work we had to do just to even get to our level to even understanding how many things we understand ourselves the the average film critic doesn't have that kind of time when they have to watch Marvel superhero movies and uh pretend like they know about French movies too. So it's um, everything is uh, splitting off into speciali- specialists. And why would you read a generalist who doesn't know all the things that you know about the, the genres and the film cultures that you like when you could go to someone who is exactly matching your tastes and yeah. you can hear exactly you know something catered to you?
2: Well, I, 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 I take a different point of view in this one. Um, like with the podcast, uh, like with us, uh, I wouldn't say every episode of ours is hilarious. But people are listening to it in the same sense that they would listen to, like the Daily Show, where like, a lot of people get their news from the Daily Show. Whereas we get a lot of compliments saying, we want you guys to do sketches back in the show. It says, we like the fact that you guys have a, like, a funny look on things and you guys joke around about it. But like people like that sort of humorous. Like so they're actually going into listening to the information, but with entertainment at- at- like attached to it. Um, like One of my favorite podcasts is Radio Lab, and Radio Lab will take scientific uh, studies, and if you just heard someone talking about it, it'd be boring. but they actually break it down and they have sometimes sketches and they have yeah, a very
1: highly produced it's uh, very
2: highly produced, but it is that entertainment value that's in it. And I find myself being entertained as much as being educated. So I think that's another reason why people go to these podcasts because they not only like the personalities, but they feel like they're, they don't feel like they're being crammed down. Like they're, they're enjoying it along with getting the information. So
0: I'm very confused whenever I get a listener sending me a message saying that they find me funny because I really, I don't understand. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that people find the podcasts I do entertaining, but I don't understand
1: (laughs) Uh, how are we doing for time? Are, uh, do we are, do people have questions or? Oh my gosh, two minutes! Oh, oh, five minutes. Do people have? It? Are there any questions that? Cameron, uh... yes. For people who are listening to maybe the, uh, the, the MP3 version of this, uh, uh, the question was, to what extent do we feel that we are kind of bringing a little piece of Edmonton to the wider world, seeing as, you know, the majority of our audiences, I think, are not from this city?
2: Well, we do advertisements for, like, uh, local festivals. Like, we, like, we're constantly, like, attached to Dead Fest that's in town. Um, we're, we actually just did an advertisement for a Rapid Fire Theater for the improv uh, D&D. Um, and so we're constantly adding, and we bring on those people to talk about their shows. Like, we, we're heavily involved with the theater, uh, I guess, industry and. So, yeah, we like to advertise all those people. And this is easier to get those people to come into my place when they're in Edmonton. So the subject matter is from Edmonton local artists. And that's why a lot of people will look in and look at their websites from that. So while we do see that there is a, us advertising outwards from the Edmonton view, so.
0: On both of my shows, I never shy away from talking about Edmonton or presenting that viewpoint. I wouldn't say it informs anything I do, but it is my own context. And and so I, you know, I have to present that because that's who I am. And so, you know, we, we have people from Edmonton on our, on our show, Bollywood is for Lovers. And from time to time, you know, Paul and I will talk about the festivals going on in Edmonton or, you know, just the weather in Edmonton. Um, We really like to tell people a lot how cold it is here. (laughs) Um, So, I mean,
1: I think it makes Edmonton Don't sound exotic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's surprising to me how many people tell me that they want to come visit Edmonton because, uh, you know, I talk about it on the shows. But, um, you know, I mean, there, you know, I listen to a lot of film podcasts and um, most of the critics I listen to are in New York or L.A. And they talk about New York and L.A. So I'm going to talk about Edmonton because that's where I'm from and, you know, that's, that's my world, so...
3: Yeah, imagine uh, six or seven years ago telling yourself you would know as much about the L.A. comedy scene as you do from all the podcasts that everyone listens to. Like, it, It's astounding how much uh, people's personal lives and uh, professional lives get caught up in I- interesting uh, products that we all consume. Um, I mean, we are often the number one podcast in Pakistan, and I do think that we have taught uh, people over there what it's like to live in freezing Edmonton a lot of the time. Um, sometimes um, films are often shot in Canada and we'll say, oh, yeah, we've we've been to that bar or we've been to that national park uh, where um, Akshay Kumar was using his uh, photography powers to try and solve a mystery. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we get that. It's not, it's not exotic to us, whereas a lot of other things are.
1: Uh, I guess we could wrap up by, uh, do you want to recommend some podcasts? Uh, other than, you know, present company excluded, of course. Are there... Uh, <laughs> Uh, have you uh, sure, yeah, have you been listening to any film film podcast or otherwise that uh, you've been enjoying
3: i would I would recommend the secret history of Hollywood podcast. Um, it has extremely long episodes, so know that going in, but it takes very, very deep dives onto thirties forties Hollywood. Uh, they just finished a uh, it's actually one guy, Adam Roche, I believe his last name is. They just did a uh, extended I think it was nine hours long episode about the history of Warner Brothers. From its foundation till about the 80s or so. And he's moving on to Val Luton Films next. And they kind of bridge the uh, gap between uh, film podcast and audiobook. So there's a lot of dramatization. And it's, um, it's it's produced in a way that uh, is different from most podcasts you're going to hear. So I, I'd recommend that one if you like uh, Hollywood, uh, you know, old Hollywood.
0: Oh, I feel like I listen to all the the big film podcasts. So if you're interested in film podcasts, I'm not going to say anything new. But um, you know, I do like the Next Picture Show, and you must remember this and Fighting in the War Room. Uh, Next Picture but, Show
1: is a little bit like like ours. Sort it of, is, yeah. It's Like pairing a, a current movie with an older movie that has something in common with it. Yeah,
0: they really stole our concepts. We should uh, <laughs> should write them an email, and they're set in Chicago. So um, you know, you get a bit of, a bit of a kind of. Um, awareness of the Chicago film scene, um, but uh, a critic that Matt and I know um, in the states, uh, who's been on Bollywood for lovers, so a friend of the show, um, Danny Bose just started a podcast. No
1: relation, by the way.
0: No relation, um, called Minor Bose, uh, which you know needs more listeners. So we'd recommend that one.
1: And what's and what's his deal? What's his what's the show about?
0: Um, Pop culture commentary, so uh, he covers film and some Indian cinema and uh, sports, actually.
3: Sports, video games, uh, TV shows. He does a little yeah. bit of everything, yeah. and he comes from a, a a film critic background. He used to write for Roger Ebert, huh. so he's, he's really well-versed uh, in a lot of different uh, uh, cinemas, I
1: suppose. Okay. JP?
2: Uh, well, I always listen to uh, How Did This Get Made with Paul Shear. Uh, we get compared to that quite often, uh, people. And but that was happy. That's a that, good comparison. Yeah. Well, they actually came out the same time as we did, so that was something that I was unaware. I got to introduced to them the same time as that we actually started coming out. So people are like, "Oh, you're doing what they're doing," and we looked at it, it was like, "Oh my God, they're doing what we're doing." And so I was kind of not quite, but like we, we have the guests on all the time, and we make fun of goofy films. Um, I also listened to Leonard Paul, the Leonard Maltin podcast. I think he's yes. an absolute. Is that a good podcast? Oh my God, he's a doll. Like I just can't. <laughs> Leonard Maltin's so great. Uh, And uh, the other one actually is kind of a good connection to the film because it's a lot of guys who do the science. uh, It's the scientists they bring on to science fiction films, and it's uh, the Infinite Monkey Monkey Cage podcast. Uh, It's a British one that they study science, and they bring on, usually it's uh, three experts of a certain subject matter plus a comedian, and they study films. But it's a lot of the guys who do the... Like, yeah, look at the movie and say, well, here's the proper science for the film, and here's what we have to do to make this film make, understand for the audience. So it's kind of neat to have that breakdown. Uh,
1: one I've started listening to uh, lately that I like is called uh, 80s All Over, which is an insane project that has been undertaken by uh, Drew McQueenie and Scott Weinberg, where they are going month by month through the 1980s reviewing every single major release uh, month by month, which and I and I like this part. I I like the principle of, sort of reviewing older movies, and I think one of their kind of you know the sort of the subtext to it, or kind of like the, the the second mission to the podcast is giving you a flavor of like what '80s movies really were like. We all have this sense of like, okay, '80s movies are you know Back to the Future, Leave the Weapon, uh, you know whatever whatever '80s Dirty Dancing, you know, all these sort of two dozen. Hallmark classics, and they are kind of like, oh well, you know, in the, in here's what actually, you know, here's like the whole landscape of what was going on in the movie world uh, month by month, and they have seen and are literally reviewing every single eighties movie, and they are they are entertaining. uh, I I guess I'm just equally in awe of (laughs) the sheer act of will to do this. Uh, How far they gone? They are are up to I think around mid. 1981. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of remarkable. So it's, it's amazing important... that everything is available still. They've uh, I think there's only been like a handful, like really fewer than five titles that they have not been able to lay their hands on in
2: one way or another. Um,
0: it illustrates the importance of picking a concept that has longevity. <laughs>
2: Before we're done, I, my bag's up there. I have movies right. to give out. because right. uh, we've we, got prizes. I almost forgot. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, so if someone can grab my bag and bring it up here. Uh, I, guess, I think uh, we're only, like, there's only four people left here, which is perfect. Yeah. I only have four movies. And
1: uh, <laughs> I have been kindly, I have I have <laughs> giveaways as well that Northwest Fest has uh, uh, given to me to, to, to give away. So, um, gee, there's so few people here. I kind of feel like... Uh, you know, rather than put you in competition, maybe just like level of interest might be uh, uh enough here. So I have a pair of tickets to the Sunday, May 14th at 4 p.m. screening of Letting Go of Adele, which is a, is a documentary about a uh, a service dog. Is that a, a, a woman kind of a retiring service dog. So it is I guess it's it is heartwarming but tear-jerking, right? And I also have, uh, oh, the same day, Sunday, May 14th at 2 p.m., B Nation, which is kind of the, uh, what, the Canadian First Nations equivalent of Spellbound, a documentary about uh, spelling bees. So, if anyone is interested in either of these films, I guess, uh, hit me up after we're finished recording. Uh, JP, what have you got here?
2: Well, we get sent films uh, to the movie Jerks. So I got the, the four that I didn't actually unwrap so that, that there's a these weird these collection uh, we actually have a film movement film and if you haven't seen a film movement one do grab it they do art films, uh, festival films and on top of them taking films you can't really see uh, distributed elsewhere they also put a, a short films attached to it uh, I got a kids film uh, a goofy horror film and a kung fu film so those are if anyone wants these the kids things kids movie is
1: not called a goofy horror film
2: <laughs> that would be cool Oh, goofy horror film would be great
1: uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I guess what, come up to us after We'll be
2: Yeah, just, you know, all, you know, just hand them out that's Down
1: all. in front of the stage after it And uh, thank you Fonda, thank you to Northwest Fest Thank you JP, thank you Aaron, thank you Matt uh, Thank you everyone who came out to see us talk um, I think I think that's it, right? I that's think cool. uh, usually when I say that I, I drop in a music cue that gets me out smoothly <laughs> uh, Here